everyone, and welcome to episode 436 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Rod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Richard, you, uh, you're back home. I see the, I see the teddy bear and the playmats. Uh, how, how are things back in the U.S.? Good morning, Seth. Things are great. My internet works. It's fast. <laughs> it's not 2 a.m. when quickly. we're recording. That's all I need. I just need internet. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's good to have you back and not recording in the middle of the night for the podcast. We also have another co-host who, I guess it's technically the middle of the night for you, sort of, but on your own Crim Time schedule. Good morning, Crim. How are you today? Uh, Extremely sore. I um, saw your Twitter. I, you were in a show last night, right? Stage diving or something? Yeah, I staged over a lot. I went and saw a band called No Pressure. Let me tell you something. I I don't know why. Like, I I was in the zone yesterday, and then today I am extremely sore. I don't know what happened, but... It's like being an old man, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I staged over a lot and, and like, like screamed my heart out, and now I'm, I'm sore in places I didn't know I could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, anyway, our plan for today, we got a couple of big topics. We want to talk a bit about new standard or uh, quote unquote new standard post band standard kind of our first impressions of what standards like now that uh, we have three cards banned in the format and then we're in the middle of Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth spoiler season so we want to go through some spoiler cards specifically focused on cards that we think might maybe sort of have a chance in 60 card formats like legacy and modern and we'll cover the commander stuff on the commander clash podcast in the future and then maybe answer some fish mail so that's the overview for today before we get into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, and Card Conduit's the easiest way to sell your Magic cards, and if you ever get tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You can use their curated service to send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of $1 or more, and pay just a 5% service fee, and if you want to do a bit of work, you can use the sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee, and no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once the order is processed and you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtgoldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so thank you to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some magic and let's start with new standards so we are one week post bannings uh so i think we've all played some standard in the time we got a little bit of standard results there haven't been any big standard tournaments but we got some standard challenges from magic online where we can kind of see what the meta is looking like so question number one is is standard saved what's what are your guys impressions of this new standard meta so did did the bannings change anything fix anything uh okay this is gonna seem bad, but uh, the way I like uh, Voidren, you know, I'm gonna just start right there. <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> new standard, same as the old, yep, <laughs> yo. But like, legit though, it control is really good. Um, Jace has been the like, at like, everybody laughed, and then and at, at me for in spoiler season, they were just like, yo, Jace is terrible, yada yada, yeah. Jace is the win con, and Jace has been popping up. Blue White has been showing up. Jace has just been milling the hell out of people. I literally did nothing. Uh, I played a game against uh, the the Naya ramp deck. I did nothing but play th- uh, two Jaces in one. I just like I did nothing but like, just play two Jaces minus five. They lost. So, so I mean, 
Crimson completely insane here. Like, actually, Azorius Control did win one of the challenges this weekend. So I think Control is back. Although, I don't know if everyone's caught up to your sweet Jace tech, though. If I'm just looking at the deck list, it seems like Wandering Emperors, Teferi, yep. Temporal Pilgrim. It seems like those are kind of like the go-to Planeswalkers, at least for the decks that have been like showing up at the top of tournaments. I have lost to Jace, though. Like, I, I don't see Jace very often, but when it does show up, like, I ran into someone and I thought of you, Crimson. They were playing Brokers Ascendancy Jays, and I got up to like ah. nine loyalty, and they milled me for like thirty, and then reanimated and milled me, and I was just like dead. So yeah, there there are some Jays synergies. What about you, Richard? What the, what is your impression of this format? I've seen nothing but mono blue Temple <laughs> and Azorius. <laughs> Get me out of the standard, man. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! What do you mean? Plays. What do you mean? I don't like Hold on. Mono no, blue what do Temple, you mean? man. <laughs> okay, where, but okay, where are you playing, Moto? Moto. Okay. Moto. You know, where where your Azorius control decks raid supreme. <laughs> but I, I haven't seen a mid-range deck, but I've seen nothing but aggro. And um I, I'm playing mono white still. Well, I'm playing Boros. Oh. I just basically uh took out my bank busters and threw in more Eigenjoes or whatever and called it a day. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm still playing the same thing. My Italis are a lot worse now that I'm getting like garbage soldiers off the top. So I, I don't know if I'm happy with Italy anymore without the <laughs> Without, without the, the prospect of, like, flipping Invoke Despairs and stuff like that. So maybe I go back to just Mono White. I'm not sure it's Okay, oh, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do not do that. Mono White is... Okay, do it, but, like, just be ready to lose a lot because that deck, Mono White, gets dumpstered by, by Control. Yeah, by Control. It, can't it, be, it, I, can't, I can't even it, beat the counter spells coming out of Mono Blue Temple, let alone a Control deck. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, Mono Blue Temple is a thing, again, right? Seth's favorite, but... Good news. Void Have rent. you heard of our Lord and Savior? <laughs> Void Red. Legit, though. Wait, 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 wait. I got a legit Is anyone still playing Rakdos? Have you seen a Rakdos player I, try to cobble together a deck after having half their I, cards I removed? Have I have. I've definitely seen somebody that's like you could tell they're like I invested the wild cards, right? And, <laughs> and like you could tell because there's just like random things in there. I'm like, okay, this isn't that good at all but here's chandra and then and then like so uh, and then you still lost because of chandra no 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 i it's just because now when you're playing control there's not a one thing that you, like there there's there's not like 50 different things that you have to counter right there's only like one to two things so control's back on the menu it's back on the menu we're cooking control mages we're cooking right now it is so damn good I mean, it's definitely shifted the meta, right? I've seen some Rakdos. I've seen some people trying Rakdos Sacrifice as the way to go Rakdos, like try to go back to that plan, and you got Omnixilis and the Sacrifice stuff. I've seen some people playing like what Krim said, just like, oh, I threw Liliana in where Fable of the Mirror Breaker used to be, and I'm trying to make it work. But Rakdos hasn't looked good, but I feel like the meta has really, like... Uh, Rakdos being gone has really kind of crushed mid-range in general. So now we went from like mid-range slogs to aggro versus control, really. Like that's what I see the most of. Either like dedicated aggro decks like soldiers and mono red, uh, Esper, which I guess maybe you can call that mid-range, but it's pretty Legends. aggressive. Like the yeah, the Esper Legends deck versus like dedicated control, like Azorius control. You got some people trying Jeskai control style decks. I like the shift. I, I've actually really... Wow, 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 Seth, you left a control variant out. 
What? Well, you didn't say S. You didn't say S for. Oh, did I? Just saying. You didn't oh, say yeah. I, I haven't played against you, Grim. <laughs> Once we run into each other on the arena, on the arena ladder, then I'll believe the S for control is a thing again. But <laughs> I, I've enjoyed the format. Like, I, it feels pretty fresh. I think the yeah. bannings have certainly had like a huge impact. I feel like enchantments kind of got unbanned. I've been like really trying out like Spirit Sisters, oh, Carl, God, yes. All Will Be One, Tribute to the World Tree, like uh, the Ascendancy Cycle. These enchantments that got to like sit out on the battlefield are so much better. I actually think Mono Green might be good again. Like Nissa got a lot better. Like with Invoke around, you'd like play Nissa and make the big token and then they just like invoke and kill the token in Nissa and you'd scoop. But now that Invoke's gone, you can actually like reevaluate Planeswalkers, reevaluate enchantments. I I've really been enjoying it. Like we'll see what happens. The data so far, I would say, is encouraging. If you look at the standard challenges, Esper's like the number one deck, but it's something like twelve percent of the meta. Uh, in one of them, it was eighteen percent of the meta, and then surprisingly, Mono Red is is number two, coming in at like fifteen percent of the meta, twelve percent of the meta. That's a huge change from like forty plus percent of the meta being Rakdos. So. I, I've been enjoying it. Do you think that this is going to be a good format moving forward? Or do you have any concern that we're going to end up with a Rakdos situation with another archetype? Or do you think now that Fable and Invoke are gone, Bankbuster's gone, are we going to have a relatively like diverse and healthy Rock, Paper, Scissors meta? Yes. Um, because now, like, if Control takes off too hard, then Mono Blue or something like that will check it, right? Um, and like mono blue is still very good against that. Thrun, it's Thrun's time to shine, yeah, Krim. It's coming, it's coming well, for you. <laughs> I, I can tell you what, Thrun is more likely to happen than when I remember everyone like, Krim, this is this is a uh, carnage tyrant. I'm like, no, no, whatever Tyrannosaurus hex or something like that. Yeah. That 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 card, that card is terrible. I've seen some people play that. I'm just like, yo, check this out. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just, I'm gonna. Like I'm gonna counter. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna you can't void rend a thrun though, right? That that actually does dodge the <laughs> dodge the void rend. Okay, okay. I got I got a question for you. Stan, okay, yes. Uh, for for Seth, while Krim uh, regains his connection, is standard fun? Is standard it shifted? Fun. Is it fun? I'm are back. you going to play? You don't play any of these games, but are you going to play Diablo Four? Are you Yo. going to play Street Fighter Six? Are you going to go outside and see the sun because it's summertime? <laughs> or are you going to be sweaty, sit inside and grind some post-band standard? Post-band standard, dude. It's fun. It's. I think it's fun. It's fun. I think it's fun right now. It, it, to me, the bannings shook up the format enough that it's got a little bit of that, like, new set or rotation feel where there's, like, a lot of things that I wasn't seeing much before and people trying different things. Ask me in another week or two, and we'll see. Like, uh, that feeling usually wears off in standard pretty quickly. And then we're back to what we were talking about before with, like, long time until there's a new set, no rotation this year. So I still have all those concerns. But for the short term, like, this week, next week, like, I actually am playing standard over Diablo or, I guess, Civilization or whatever. Like, a game I might actually play, which isn't Diablo, but... I've been thinking it's fun. Do you not think it's fun, Richard? Oh, so here's my question for you. You love mid-range grinds. Do you find yeah. this format less fun than the Rakdos format pre-bannings just because it's shifted so much away from mid-range? I don't find it less fun, but I find it just the same. Like, yes, the decks are kind of different, but it's like 
I'm playing around the same make disappears, right? I'm playing around the same wandering emperor. I'm playing around the Eigenjo land thing, right? Like it's the same stuff I'm doing all the time. So yes, your shells are different. And it was the same problem with the mid-range fest, right? Like, yes, you're playing against Rakdos or Grixis or Mardu or something, but it's like the same cards, right? So yes, although standard has changed, it's, I don't know how much longer, like I, I'm trying really hard to play standard. You know? I'm like, okay, I'm going to play <laughs> Wait, hold on. And then I'm like watching Diablo 4 videos on the side. I'm like, I must not play Diablo 4. I can't play Diablo 4. I'll just watch videos, right? And then I'm I like playing my league. About it. But it's, I don't know. It's how many, how many wandering emperors can you cast? That That is what you must ask yourself, right? I, so, I mean, a lot. Isn't this, like, a problem with the new rotation schedule, though? Like, just, like, those cards are going to be around so long. And That's it's, why I don't like it. <laughs> even if the format's healthy, it's going to feel samey, where it's just you're playing around the same cards, playing with the same cards. So I think that concern is still... I still have that concern. I, I, we're, we're way too early into... We're not even in it yet, right? Like, we're not even in the, the new rotation yet, right? So, like, I, I think that this is going to change entirely as we actually add another year's worth of sets. We're, we just can't, like, we, you've Who, seen Who's going to upseat the Wandering the, Emperor? And if they do, they'll be well, even more broken. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but, like, think, think about, like, the, the depth of the card pool, right? Like, we're not there now, right? And the, the shakeup has changed. Yeah, you've seen these cards before, but, you know, with the, it's what we've seen for the last two years. It's just nice to know that, like, now when I play these cards... They're not going to auto get answered by Invoke Despair. They're not going to immediately, like, no, like my opponents actually have to figure out if they're going to keep a real hand or just keep three lands Fable and win, right? Like, <laughs> like there's actually decision making, right? Like, when it comes to, like, the games right now. And I think I miss that part of Magic where things don't just, like, snowball absurdly like they do or they did uh, pre-ban, right? So now, post-ban, decisions matter. Like, like you actually have to pay attention to what you're doing. I mean, I, I, I got a question for you, Krim. I got a question. So, you're you're a big fan of like super strong answers, right? And I mean, these, yeah. The, the the last two bandings that people have been praising that basically unlocked all these decks were Meatball Massacre, Invoke Despair, mm -hmm. which are mm -hmm. basically like really strong removal. Where you know we can't even play our like six drop planeswalker or six drop enchantments or basically any board of creatures uh they all get answered like too cleanly and it, it oppresses decks so is the answer removal is too strong now and we gotta tone it down. we gotta go all casual like you gotta go back to like bad <laughs> removal <laughs> like very strong threats or how, how does that i don't know how does that work with the snowball-y threats right like we on one hand we have threats that snowball out of control on the other hand we have removal that oppresses like half the metagame like what what is the what is the answer here? I love some strong answers, but I also think some things were a bit too much, right? And I will say, okay, like, Invoke, I, I didn't think it, right? I didn't think about it until I actually played in an Invoke-free standard. But, because I didn't think Invoke needed to be banned. But having played in a standard where it's banned, I definitely see why it was too good. Right, it was way too good. I mean, I knew it was very good. Not like it was a bad card, but like, wow. So, I think the the thing here is this standard, like, they need to take, like, the, the answers, they can, they can chill. 
They can chill a little bit, right? They can tune it down in power a little bit. I think Meet Void Massacre. Red, next VNR. <laughs> yo, Void Red, though, like, the, like, that is the perfect level of balance, right? Like, I, I, I think that despite, you know what's really sad? Despite two of the best answers being banned, Standard and Control has some of the best answers it's ever had. Still, in between Farewell, Sunfall, uh, Temporal Lockdown, right? All these things. Shealdred's Edict. You still have all these really good answers. I think right now where we're at is at the perfect level of powerful answers, powerful creatures, right? Like, that's why Thalia is one of the most important things in the standard for aggro. And I think that, like, Thalia is huge for that. Like... I, I do wish they'd chill with the Exile Rast a, a tiny bit. It's like... It's so funny that they print these like indestructible, like uh, the the Dominus cycle, and then they print all the indestructible rats, so you just can't play like the the splashiest mythics from the set. Like it just kind of keeps them out of the format. So I kind of hope they don't go too far down the like exile based wrath mode. As far as invoke though, like isn't the problem with invoke and meatball massacre is there really strong answers that are never dead? Like that's that's kind of the problem with invoke, yes. right? Like it's a great removal spell, but the usually the problem or with the removal draws. is if your opponent doesn't have something to answer, it gets stuck in your hand and it's not good. Invoke like is just as good if your opponent's on an empty board. You're hitting for six, drawing three, meatball not quite like that but i definitely had times where you would just run out meatball for two mana uh, two mana just to start gaining life and draining like even if you, there wasn't something to wrath away so i feel like maybe like it's okay for cards to be situational i hope wizards like realizes that i feel like they've gone so far towards not letting cards be dead maybe partly because of best of one and they don't want people to like have dead cards in their best of one deck because there's no sideboarding them out or whatever but i feel like it's okay I, like, I don't, for I, cards to sometimes like on a board state this card doesn't do something and i feel like that's that's something we've moved away from a little bit i don't think the concern is that you know it's best of one i just think that magic as a whole has it's just power creep right they power creep within itself they know all their cards like example all the threats Fable, they do everything on their own, right? They snowball on their own. So because of that, the answers kind of have to be so overtuned that it's like <laughs> The answers hilarious. need to be win cons. <laughs> right. If your opponent has no creatures, you win the game. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 think, but also think about this. It's funny that these answers were so good, but at the same time, Fable was that much better. <laughs> because like once you an- even if you answered it, you still lost. Yeah. So... Like, I, this is the thing, and and so now I think the game as a whole can, like, benefit from powering down a little bit. Like, to the level where, like, the standard, like, the power is at for removal right now, and then, like, the where the threats are, I think it's really good. Well, I, I think can't it's power really down, good. because then <laughs> no card will ever see play again that, you know, any new card they print, if it's lower power, it won't see any play well, until rotation happening... Who knows when in the future? It doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, lower by lower as in lower than Fable. Lower than Invoke. Right? Oh. The answers, the, the, okay. please, please do not take me back to, to like Ixalan. I never want to go back to that, Oko. right? We print Oko in the standard. Yo, I'm not even joking, okay? I, I, I think in two Horizon sets, Oko can be unbanned. I bet you Oko will be unbanned and it will actually seem not that bad of a card. In modern, I'm just saying. I'm like, no. I, I that's no I, way. I don't. I okay. don't buy it. You, you don't, don't believe buy that. It. I you, don't buy okay, it. so you don't think in a two horizon sense, <laughs> I, I actually let that bad. 
scared. I'm scared of that. That that might actually be the case. Two horizons from now. <laughs> give, give two horizons, and I don't mean I don't mean Lord just just imagine a world two horizons ago, and you wouldn't believe where we're yeah. at, right? Yeah. Like imagine <laughs> imagine modern before horizon. We're, we're playing Tarmogoyf still, Seth. Mm, yeah. You would believe that we're like blood <laughs> brain elf. It's so yes, OP. Should we we, we all like, that were was doing two horizons that, ago. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I mean, really, though, modern. Wrapping around to something Krim said, modern is what makes me skeptical that adding extra year to standard actually matters. Like, modern has 20 years of set, and the best cards are the best cards, and everyone still plays the best cards. So I, I don't know if I buy this argument that adding an extra year is going to lead to increased diversity, because modern has many extra years. And instead of adding more diversity, it just makes it harder for cards from new sets to actually see play, because you got to compete against more cards. So you got to beat out Raghavan now in, like it's really hard for a card to do that. So I'm a little skeptical that this like add an extra year thing matters because then either like you have to power creep even more or else you don't beat out wandering emperor. And then like your cards don't see play. So, I mean, I guess we'll see maybe wizards has some design knobs they can turn that we haven't seen yet and some plan for this, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical that we're actually going to see it work out the way that ideally it would. Is, is wandering emperor as, good as you think it is i mean it's still very good it's still very good please uh don't take it this the wrong way it's not a bad card right but in the standard topiary stomper all these things they all have vigilant now people have been playing around it right like people just know that if they're against a control deck i'm not gonna attack with shieldred i'm just gonna flat out not attack with shieldred i'm gonna let you drain yourself out but it's right? still like, like but people still play Wandering Emperor. You still see right? it all the time. I mean, everyone's right. playing around it's still, it, right? It's, it's still because you flash it, make a knight, and go on your way, right? Well, sure. I, I but it, if it's, I it's, it's the problem you, you were complaining about, right? It's an answer that also wins the game, right? It's removal that is also a win con, <laughs> right? I, I think, I think this one is fine. This one, oddly enough, why does it feel that Wandering Emperor is of the perfect power level, whereas, like, the the invokes and all that stuff, the meatballs, those were too strong, right? And I think I think it's because, like, Wandering Emperor is just a very powerful Planeswalker. That's what it is. So it's not but, so but much not that, the like, end of the world. Uh, it's not so much that Wandering Emperor needs to, like, be banned or, like, it's overpowered in that sense. It's more that, like... It's hard for me to imagine it not being good for its entire life in standard. So adding an extra year to standard is just like an extra year that you got to play around Wandering Emperor rather than that third year being something where you're playing around some new card that's maybe at least different. Like even if it's, you know, whatever, not better, but at least it would be a different card. There'd be more change. So I think that's like more my concern is just like or even make disappear. Make disappear is not overpowered, but. Playing around it for three years is a lot longer than playing around it for two years. If you're, if the idea of your format is it's supposed to be fresh and new and impacted by new cards, so. But well, we'll see. We'll I, I guess like I, I, I'm hopeful because I think it's going to be a bigger toolbox as opposed to a smaller one, right? And that's always got like the fact that I have more tools to play with, is fun, right? Like I, I see the appeal in that. Obviously, this is the early stages, and I'm being hopeful about it. Right. I'm being uh, like very hopeful because maybe nothing changes. Maybe maybe in a year, all I do see is just wandering emperor and make disappears. And I'm not miserable at all because I love this card. But the point is, like, <laughs> Grim just wants another so year actually, with the end. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see. Uh, yo, I see the, the wizards meta that they're trying to have is a Krim friendly meta. And I don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, well, so, well, this might be a perfect transition because we got new magic cards to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about some cards from uh, 
from a commander set, I think, that is trying to maybe also sort of make a little impact on older Eternal formats, like Legacy and Modern. So we're talking about Lord of the Rings, and before we get into these cards, and we got some cards to talk about, we're about halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through spoiler season. What's your initial impressions? Like, we knew this set was coming. Are you are you happy with it? Or is it better or worse than you expected it to be? I'm, I'm curious, just broad strokes, first impressions of the set. Yeah, I keep forgetting that this was originally designed for modern, or it was well, said to be legal for modern. and modern. Yeah, modern yeah, legal. Le- Mo- well, okay, that's not the way. I don't, I don't remember it being marketed that way. I remember it's like, oh, the brand new. I think it shifted tone yeah. somewhere halfway through, right? Like, oh, remember right, our fears I, I... of Gandalf Agro or whatever? In modern? Yeah, <laughs> Rest okay, assured. I'm not. I'm not. If I'm you not don't nuts, like Lord of the right? Rings, you'll probably never see it in modern. <laughs> I'm not nuts, right? Like, like they did say, like, oh, this will be a modern set, right? And I'm like, okay, so what they meant to say was it is modern legal, but that's yeah. not the way it was initially pushed. Now, as a modern set, I think I might see two cards that, that, <laughs> that like, could be, like, played, and it would probably be, like, a one-of to two-of, and, like, or sideboard, and that's it. Whew. I'm I'm a little higher on it than Krim. I, I mean, I don't think this... I think this set is... Overall, it's definitely a commander set. But I think there's, for me, more than two cards that I think have some chance to maybe see play. But, Richard, what do you think? Or do you just want to jump into the cards? Guide us through some spoilers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the set... I think it's better than I expected. Like, I, I, I like Lord of the Rings, but I'm not, like, a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. So when I see, like, these cards, like, you know, the the... The tree folk thing. I'm like, oh, I remember this. Or like <laughs> the eagle. I'm like, oh, I remember this character. That's pretty cool, right? So like, there's some like nostalgia and throwback. So it's a lot better. Uh, it blends in with the magic universe, uh, you know, yep. well, like as expected because everything is Lord magic of the Rings. Like is, if you don't like Lord of the Rings, yeah. like literally <laughs> the whole fantasy genre is Lord of the Rings, right? So this high fantasy no, stuff. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Magic the Gathering thing of like orcs and dwarves and whatever is all basically Lord of the Rings, just, you know, a couple uh, lawyer complaints away, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it, it, it blends in nicely. It's clearly a commander set. Uh, we 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 scraped the bottom of the barrel here for modern playables that we're gonna talk about in a second, uh, but overall I think the set's pretty cool. Uh, and then watching how Wizards approached it, watching their stream and stuff, <clears throat> it, it's very clear that they put a lot of love and effort into it. Yeah. So I think the set will be a success. And I'm just ignoring prices for a second. Uh, so you know when I actually want these cards and see how expensive they are, maybe my tune will change <laughs> because uh, yeah, the, the the sealed product is not cheap. Um, no, but let's get into the cards. So lots of cards. Check them over at mpgpreviews.com. Uh, because it is it is a modern legal set, we we tried very hard to find some modern cards in here. Okay, so obviously there are tons of new legendaries. Like every character from Lord of the Rings has like multiple versions at multiple rarities. So you don't have to you know buy all mythics, or you can get all your favorite cast members at uncommon and stuff like that as well. But okay, let's start off. Uh, Forge anew. Two and a white. It's an enchantment at rare. Uh, when an ETB's return target equipment card from your graveyard to the battlefield, as long as it's your turn, you may activate equip abilities. Anytime you could cast an instant, you may pay zero rather than pay the equip costs of the first equip ability you activate during each of your turns. Mm. So this has an obvious home, right? It has a home, but like how many? So I think it'll be, so 
It's a hammer zero. time card, right? <laughs> I, really? Zero. Three I think it's really for Sigarda's uh, aid that you already run. <laughs> I mean, like, up Sigarda's aid five. It's so and it's yeah, there, there additional Sigarda's aid. The being able to equip at instant speed, I think, is a, a maybe a bigger upside in hammer time than it seems at first glance. Because remember, hammer, the creature that you put it on, uh, it, it loses flying. So you have like ornithopters and so forth in the deck. Ideally, you want to be able to get in with this evasive attack. The ability to swing with your team of like ornithopters and wait till after blocks and then free equip a hammer on the unblock creature, that's a way to force in extra damage. I also like the, the reanimation mode like i think that's another sneaky upside people can kill the hammer there's also like chalice is really good against hammer time to just counter the hammer this is a way you can fight through some of those hate cards so i don't think it's a four of i don't even know if it's fully a main deck card but i would be surprised if there were not like at least a couple copies in the 75 right i that's what i'm thinking like is this just like a one to two of in, in the 75 somewhere because like i i could see that like it just being cigar's eight number five is not exactly a bad thing especially when it's doing more than just doing cigars eight stuff right the problem is that i do have with it is that it is three mana right and i'm curious if like that is a big enough drawback for them not to play it at all which is you know it, it is it, it could potentially be right it uh, that is that is a lot for hammer time it's reactive as well unless you're going to just ignore the reanimating part of it like if you knew your hammers were being destroyed i i feel you would try a different approach like three mana is a lot um and like the the deck list is so tight you actually need like real hammer time players to like <laughs> see if they're actually gonna cut anything to put this in uh but three mana is a lot and you're gonna tap out to play this three mana thing like if a hammer time player taps out that's when i breathe you know a sigh of relief right it's always like the sus attacks with like mana up. You don't know when you're going to die at any second because something, you know, and Sigarda's aid, hammer stuff is coming, like end of turn, whatever. So three mana seems slow, but I don't know. This is like the only potential home, right? Is there any other like Stoneforge decks? Any? So, okay. Non hammer Stoneforge stone decks, like, like Stoneblade decks or <laughs> any other real <laughs> homes for this thing? Cauldron? No. The reanimation, oh, no. the reanimation <laughs> mode is intriguing there, right? Like, three mana to get back Calder complete? That's not horrible. Like, that's a pretty reasonable price for reanimation. I don't know what shell that would actually work in. You but play with Fable? <laughs> yeah, Fable, discard your Calder complete, reanimate it. Like, I don't think that decklist exists now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see people try to brew around that aspect. Or, like, mm, Argentum Armor? Can Argentum Armor be a thing in... In modern, well, yeah, because just like looted away, halves, reanimated, right? equipped for cheat. free, blow up a land. Yeah. <laughs> like so, maybe there's some sort of body in mind. Mm, sort of body in mind. <laughs> you you can actually mean, do this with swords. I mean, yeah. Is there a Stoneforge deck here? This seems bad, but unfortunately, no. all those all those plans <laughs> get blown out by Voidren. But other than that, it seems like it could work. <laughs> Outside of Void Ren, like legit though. Can, can Argentum Armor destroy lands? No, right? I believe isn't it's it permanent? Or yeah, it might, it's Annihilator and permanent, right? I, I'm gonna look. I will double check. No, there's no Annihilator on it. Destroy, destroy target permanent. Yeah, so it does blow Ooh, up lands. Oh. 
Maybe this is a deck. <laughs> because I, you can start chipping away at lands if they don't have anything relevant. It seems fun to try, at least. Like, uh, it's a deck I will build. I don't know how good it'll be, but Stoneforge, Fable, like, ways to fill your graveyard. You can even go uh, Trash for Treasure as a backup, like, Artifact Reanimation spell. There, there might be something there. Sadly, okay. this is probably one of the best modern cards from the set, too. And we're kind of like, eh. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> okay. whether or not you, like, you agree this is in the deck or not. And I'm glad y'all are going to try that new deck. I, I, I did like that. We're sitting here brewing tier five decks. Okay, this is modern playable. We've done it. Yeah. We did it. That's how. Okay, but think about how deep you have to go right now. This is only a one to two of, right? If at best, even from like like best case from sets and okay, 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 so, okay, all you doomsday. Let's go straight straight to the meat here. Stern scolding, oh. okay, blue, instant counter target creature spell with power or toughness two or less. Is this playable? <laughs> yes, it is playable. I think it's decent. Okay, will you play it and be happy about it? <laughs> and in what shells? I think this is exactly indirect to we, we like we kind of talked a little bit about it like but with each other but uh it's nice to stop the ETB of like Stoneforge. So it stops Stoneforge, it stops Ragavan, it stops Solitude. <laughs> so does, well, removal yep. yeah, it it hangs Solitude and Stoneforge are the big ones. Ragavan, yeah. it's nice that it can hit it but that's that's okay it's, it's not as you can hit that with removal, yeah. right? Like the ETB entering from like like solitude, from Stoneforge, those are more important. I it mean, also stops grief, right? Like, oh, like yep. a lot of the invoke elementals, right? It misses fury, but uh, yeah, I, I actually went through all the modern creatures, and if you look at like the fifty most played creatures, it's like thirty something, so more than half. As Krim said, some of those creatures would be just as easily answered by fatal push or a random removal spell, whatever, a lightning bolt. But like, there are some seasoned pyromancer. Some of the invoke elementals, uh, those are big ones. Stoneforge is a big one where you really want to stop the ETB. Sanctifier and Vex, stopping that is relevant against some decks, so it doesn't exile your graveyard. So there are scenarios where this is better than a removal spell. Overall, though, like, uh, it is more conditional. You got the timing restriction. Does this replace, like, let's say you're putting Murktide. Are you replacing Unholy Heats or Lightning Bolts with this? Like, no. I'm kind of skeptical, no. right? Yeah. Yeah, no. This is, to me, I look at this like almost like a fancy blue fatal push, right? Like, this is, like, are you not just, like, countering whatever? And, like, it, like it's, it feels like the same as removal for the most part. And I think that's the problem. Except this removal is much worse when you top deck it. I mean, if you're, like, a mono blue deck, which we don't currently have one, but we have had, like, mono blue decks in the past, it seems really good there. If you're a color combination, or, like, Simic, even, where you don't have good early game removal, then I think this, like, goes up in value. Would, would I, you play this, though? Or just play, like, Mana League or something? <laughs> like, I don't know, Spellsteer, whatever counter spells we play in modern, like, is, like, a generic one that's not make disappear even. Well, that's I, unplayable. I think it's ceiling. <laughs> you play mana leak before you play that. <laughs> I think it's ceiling as a sideboard card. Like I think, I think in the right matchups, it's really, really good, and I would want to have access to it. But then there's also matchups where it's almost dead. Like if you're into Tron or like Living End, like it just does nothing, right? So I don't think you can main deck it, but I could see it being in the, the Tron like, player might have Mattery Shaper. <laughs> God. Got him, but I could see it being I, like I, a, I, a sideboard option. Uh, well, that how was many, our hope. How many, <laughs> how many of these can you honestly put in your sideboard though? Like, if you think about like maybe like one or two, right? Like two is like getting real generous, but like yeah, like I feel like 
this is one of it's the miser spell snare, right? It's just like, <laughs> oh god. You know, like, oh god, when am I gonna draw this? Right? Like it's not even worth your sideboard slot. When I draw a sideboard card, my win percentage should increase by like five to ten. Like it, it's like it should really hose the other deck. This is like a mild modern, upgrade yeah. <laughs> over something, right? Like I don't even know that it's worth a sideboard slot. So not impactful. Like play fatal. I, like mm. I, I would rather like start splashing colors and play fatal push or unholy heat or something. No, before you start playing this. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Yeah, that might be like, true. Like spell snare had a point because like on the draw you could do something that you couldn't do at all before, right? Because there was no removal back. Right. Then. No one plays spell snare nowadays, right? But there's no removal <laughs> that you could use, and you could use that as a counter spell. So it had a point, but this needed to be free or something for it to actually pay for its downside. I think. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Cause I can, I can, that's the thing, right? Like I, I, I just don't know how many slots can you actually put to this because a, you want to see it early, right? You want to see yeah. it early. You want to have it right away. So you want to increase the numbers of it. <laughs> but then in modern, can I really be doing what is essentially a removal spell <laughs> like times four? Just, like this is, and that's bad after the thing's resolved. And there's also, like, some play-draw issues, right? Like, this stops right. Raghavan if you're on the play, but if you're on the draw, you're already, like, getting beaten down by the monkey. So, if Whereas you're on the play in the right matchup, it seems good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you add all these, like, like caveats, all, the, all these things, right, then it's okay? It's, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ceiling is okay. We don't play I, I okay cards in modern people. <laughs> well, we I don't play know. Y'all insanely broken cards from Horizon Sense, okay? Richard, I don't know how you went from trying to brew some Argentum armor deck to to like I'm then saying uh, we don't play There's a okay ceiling. Cards. If you hit the Argentum armor reanimation, you're going to win. You cast this thing, you're like, I don't know. I just casted a fatal push. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be very real with you, Richard. I are you going to win if you reanimate Argentum armor? <laughs> oh, you you laugh. You laugh. <laughs> Watch me pick away your lands, Crim. <laughs> Try to get to your is Jace this, the Mind Sculptor. Is, <laughs> you have two lands. I, is this is this your Strangle Root, guys? Two K twenty three. No, but I got I got a real one for you. Speaking of monkey, how about Flowering of the White Tree? White, white, legendary enchantment. Uh, legendary creatures you control have plus two, plus one, and ward one. Non-legendary creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So you go Dude. monkey. Into flowering with a white tree, and you have a four-three monkey with ward one. Mm. Is yeah, that is not is that the that. truth? <laughs> I, okay, uh, you know what? Is this this? Is, I, I don't think if your argument is that this card is good with monkey, I think it's monkey that's carrying it. <laughs> what if you play? What, Other, what, what, otherwise, what is Samaru? <laughs> it's a one man oh. four 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 three now. I I got you. I got so we're going Boros and we're playing Zergo Bell Strike. Oh Zergo, <laughs> you can play Zergo. I I'm kidding, Richard. I'm kidding. I'm, I actually no. I, I I don't think I'm not kidding. I actually think there's like potential for a some sort of legendary aggro deck with this card. I I think the pieces. <laughs> The pieces might exist. Like there was like a long time ago, right after right after uh Ragavan came out, there was this like legendary aggro deck that was like Ragavan's Thalia's, uh, I think it had Tashik in it in the three drop slot, Zergos. And the idea was to just maximize the the power of your Mox Ambers and like dump your hand super, super quickly. I actually think that could be a thing. Not only with this, but there's like 
Mary is a another card from the Lord of the Rings set, which is like a Boros 2-2 hasty legend that if you attack with another legend draws a card. I think the pieces exist for that deck to work, and I think this enchantment would be a part of it, right? Like, plus two, plus one, and ward for two mana? It is legendary, this, this but still. It's like, legendary, though. This is yeah, the problem with that, this deck. You can't so stack you need, you need four of these, then you're going to draw, like, your hand will be, like... <laughs> Three Raghavans and two Flowering of the White Trees. <laughs> Got him. But better yet, it'll be like three Flowering of the White Trees and like two Thalias or something. <laughs> You're like, Which, by the way, the Thalia. and two Flowering of the White Trees. Like, your, your, the... your Thalia will tax these, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And it taxes your Mox Ambers and your Mox Ambers are yeah. legendary as well. But when it works out, it'll be glorious, right? I mean, I, I think <sighs> this card would have been good if it was mixed with the, the Rising of the Day card, which is creatures you control have haste, and then legendary creatures you control get plus one plus zero, but it's a three-man enchantment, right? So if they kind of, like, merge those two cards together where your legendaries also had haste, maybe. <laughs> that would but be like, it, it, really strong, it wouldn't would be, it? It would, but, like, even then, like, do you think – let's just assume this hypothetical version – that I just mentioned. Do you think then that deck exists in modern? Because <laughs> what you're doing, what you're doing is still worse than like hammer time. <laughs> I I think that the Boros, if there's one modern deck that comes out of this set that's actually a new modern deck, I think Boros Legends is the deck that has the biggest shot. Not saying it's gonna happen, but if if anything actually took off and became like a legit tier two deck, I think that would be what my vote would be right now. Partly because I think the deck could be decent, and partly because there's not a lot of competition <laughs> as far as other I mean, cards that could make decks. My vote yeah. is some obscure combo piece that we're not recognizing here. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's a possibility, too. This monkey, a, I think this monkey gets removed, and then you are so behind. You just have a flowering tree there. <laughs> like, yeah, without... The game is over for you, right? <laughs> They're like, 8-8 Murktide, what are you going to do now? You're like, have, have fun. Fairy. It's a 4 yeah. <laughs> Have fun taking your turn off, you know? Like... I mean, like, let's 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 think here then. So, okay, clearly the the, the blue fatal push spell is terrible, uh, I, I, or not not as great. And then you know the the forge new, meh, right? And then now we've got this card, which is also okay and probably better in commander. Uh, but there's... what about goblins? Oh, there's all right. We, this set this set has a lot of goblins, right? Mm. Goblins there, we got there are some legends. Moria Marauder, <laughs> red, red. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, it's a goblin warrior. It has double strike. When a goblin or orc you control deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card in a library. You may play that card this turn. Does this save goblins? <laughs> I don't know if goblins goes tier, but I think this is the only uh, like like card that I could see actually being played, taking a slot in a deck. I mean, so really? Seth uh, also thought the same. I thought this card is hot trash. So, so here's the thing. Here's oh, the over thing. You gotta, the other hot trash. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta think about how goblins works, though. Like the upside of goblins is you have eight tutors. You have eight, uh, four matrons, four harbingers because you need it for the snoop sure. combo. So yes, yes. a card like this is really easy to play as a one of and not and not draw it most of the time but then in this scenario where it's going to be good you just violin your matron get this play it generate a lot of card advantage goblins go super wide so i think like 
For me, the floor is being a one of tutor target. Do, am I going to jam for these and build my deck around it? No. Do I think it's good enough, like, as a way to rebuild after a sweeper or something when your combo gets disrupted to, like, try to draw some cards and get back in the game? Like, is it good enough in that context? I think the answer is probably yes. Like, as a, as a one of. And I think the same may be true of Legacy. It triggers on any creature, right? It's not just itself, so it doesn't even need to attack. You can just vial it in, swing with the other stuff, draw some cards. Like, so I think I think as a one of tutor target, it's probably good. Yeah. And I, this so far to me is actually the most playable card. Who really? I don't think we've uh, talked uh, about... We haven't talked about... Okay, I gotta ask you guys about a card then, because this is one that... As of right now. Other people are hyping the most. Like, if you were gonna ask, like, just pull the magic, like, modern or legacy community, the number one card, the card I think it would be is Orcish Bowmasters. Uh, oh, yeah. Two mana, one, one, flash, Orc Archer, ETBs, or whenever opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw for their turn, it deals one damage to any target, and then amass Orcs one. This is a card I see people... It's one of the most expensive cards in the set it's also one that people are really really high on changing modern changing legacy is this card worthy of the hype like is is this something you just play to snipe down ragavans and like hate on brainstorms or is this like a narset wheel combo piece where you gotta like build your deck around trying to maximize this card i think the reason why there's hype around is that you don't really have to build around it right like it is just a generically good card now this is like, of the things, like, of all the cards in this set, I think this is actually the most playable. The Goblin that we had mentioned was the most playable up until this point. Right? Mm, okay. That we talked about. But, like, this is the most playable card to me in the set. Right? Like, I, I think this card is actually really good. Um, It's a Flash 1-1, one, one, but, like, it... Dude, like, you can flash this in and then you just generate a body and deal one. Like, you, you get you get two bodies, Right? You get this plus the amass. Yeah, it's like it's a raise the alarm, right? essentially. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it's so, raise so the alarm. So let's say they, if, you, if nothing happens, you just flash this in. You get a 1-1. One, one, uh, you, you ping something and you get a 1-1 one, one army or an orc army, right? So you get two 1-1 one, one bodies and you ping one. If they brainstorm, you get to deal four damage split anyway. Uh, and then you get a 1-1 one, one, and you also get a 4-4 uh, four, four, as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, four four. And that's like for two mana. Like that's ridiculous. The 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 biggest complaint I've seen is like, what do you it's a black card. Like what do you do with like who who plays this? <laughs> there is no black deck that, that, that kind of wants this. Uh so that's the problem. And then also I you know, people if they see you holding the mana, they're not gonna brainstorm into it. Like, you know, that that's the dream scenario, right? It's just like if they if they have a consecrated sphinx, I'll just flash a notion thief and I win the game, you know. But like people are not gonna <laughs> let you do that. But it's only two mana, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Is there any modern being... playability to this thing? So it's not it being as good, it... right? In modern, there's no brainstorm to hate on, or even like ponders and preordain. So there's there's less card draw. On the other hand, like there's maybe more homes. I could see like Yagmoth running it. It's two bodies to sacrifice. Like you get some incidental value off of it. I'm not sure though. Like in modern, like what are you hating on in specific? Like it's just such a different format because there's no brainstorm holding everything together. Consider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean consider. Someone played like hates on Jacer to Fairy. I guess if you can keep it on the battlefield against control, Elementals. like Elemental. 
Risen Reef doesn't even Risen Reef. Doesn't Risen Reef doesn't draw, draw, doesn't draw though. Card. Technically, it's like oh, reveal it and put it in your hand. Well, it, it hates on Yog, but Yog, like the first thing they sack, can just snipe it. I mean, right. maybe maybe it's still hmm. Yeah, I I think in Legacy it's gonna be good. Like just that brainstorm line, or even if you slow down the brainstorm, it's worth it. In modern, I'm less sure. Like in modern, maybe it's still good enough. I like that it snipes monkey. Like even just the ETB, like two bodies snipe a monkey, snipe a hierarch. Like that's something. What was the the fairy vandal thing? So oh, you put it fairy mastermind, card, and then you can force each player to draw two. <laughs> draw yes. a card. so it activates Yo. your bull masters while you're at it. Yeah, are fairies back? <laughs> plus orc archer. You 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 play you play fairies. You load this in there. Un unironically, I've seen people talking about burning inquiry. Just like each the old hollow one trick, one mana each player draws three discards three <laughs> yeah. at random, and then you flash flash this oh. in beforehand and like get a four four and ping them a bunch. Like so, maybe, maybe, if, maybe you've got to build around it in modern. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, okay, that that's it. I think this is our best card. We, I, we, we we're, getting, uh, <laughs> we're going with our best card halfway through the list because we're getting pretty yep. dire. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go back the to rest. the questionable cards. Okay, so uh, Pippin, Guard of the Citadel, uh, white and a blue. So two mana, two two, <laughs> legendary creature, halfling soldier, vigilance, board one. Another target creature, oh, tap, another target creature you control gains protection from the card type of your choice until end of turn. So uh, it's like... So Mother of Runes, uh, kind it's of. Like, it's yeah. a card type protection. Two mana, so. two mana mom. It's essentially Mother of Runes. I guess the difference is better against colorless stuff. If your opponent has like a colorless removal spell or a Karn, you can get protection from a Planeswalker or whatever, a, a battle or something. Is a two mana two mana mom worth it though? Like, is is that a playable card? What deck wants a what deck wants that? Like, There's soldiers. I, Hammer time. <laughs> Hammer time doesn't want this, right? And Hammer time is the only deck that would probably fully utilize mom, right? And then and then after mom, there's stepmom, right? So like, <laughs> this would be number three. So there's oh, there's it's, not it's really you control. You can't even use this to knock a hammer off. Yeah, they they wised up to that shenanigan. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know what deck would want it. There's not really soldiers, although soldiers do keep getting better. So maybe eventually there's some sort of like vile soldier deck, like a merfolk deck, but with soldiers like that could be a thing. I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine. It's also legendary, which I think is a pretty big drawback. Like decks that want Mother of Runes or Giver of Runes usually want four of them. It seems tough to play four of these with it being legendary. So... I don't know where it fits. If, if you're playing this, you're playing one, maybe, and at best, like, actually, maybe, no, just one. Maybe like Why a, would I ever go to two? Maybe a Coco deck, like, just a, an extra, like, one of extra Giver of Rune style effect in a Coco deck or something. But it feels so bad if I Coco into this, right? Like, if I Coco into this <laughs> and another mom, so I have two, I have, like, a, they, a mom and I have Pippin, right? You just protect your team all day. Protect each other. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's ever dying, and you're never winning. Meanwhile, like, a hammer is flying <laughs> over your head, you're dying. Yeah, don't worry, yeah. protect it. Uh, okay, we have another halfling, delighted halfling, a green, single green, so one mana. It's a one-two. Tap it to add colorless. Tap it to add mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast legendary spells, and that spell can't be countered. Well, what about instead of Boros? So you go, <laughs> you, you the go, OG Boseju, but on a mana dork. But just go Naya. Legendary. Go <laughs> Naya Legends. 
there's so many of these cards that I read them and I'm like, boy, I wish this set was Pioneer Legal. Like, there's so many cards that are like, yeah, not quite yeah. good enough for modern that would be like, this would be such a banger in like, um, Bard class. Like, this would be such a great Bard yeah. class card, like, perfect Bard class card, but no one really plays Bard yeah. class in modern. I think this is a modern playable card, like, Mana Dork plus Cavern of Souls. That seems reasonable. I just don't think there's a deck for it right now. If there's ever, like, the standard Jota deck, if someone ever figures out a way to, like, do something along those lines in modern, I think this is an easy four of. But there's no no current deck that you just slot this into that I can think of. What about Yawgmoth? Do, do people counter Yawgmoth on the way down? <gasps> I, yeah, but that's, the like, the only legendary. it's worth right? it. I mean, so it's no, nice colorless mana, even for non-legends. So I guess, so yeah, I guess maybe... With it. Maybe. Yeah, like, the, the thing is, you want the colored mana. Yeah, you do. The colored mana is, uh, colorless is a drawback. Like, a colorless mana dork isn't that good. But I don't know, I guess, like, Grist and Yagmoth it would protect. And maybe Hapatra, if you're that build. Maybe that's enough, like, to play it over, I guess they're playing Grazer now. Is the main mana dork in that deck, Avril Grazer. I mean, maybe there's a deck where you just gotta resolve, like, what about Omnath? Like, I really want to resolve my Omnath. Is it worth it in that context? Or do you have to? Spells, but though? the I mean, Murktide plays a bunch of counters. The problem with Omnath is that, like, they have 50 different good cards, right? So, like, they don't mind getting an Omnath counter. They'll just play something else that is also good. So, at that point, like, sure, maybe you counter my Omnath, but I think Omnath might or may not be my best spell to counter. So, I don't think Omnath needs it, right? Oh, Hmm. the Primeval Titan isn't legendary. Not legendary. Yeah. So okay, there's there's currently nothing that makes me want to play this in modern. Yeah, I just don't know where it fits. Like, I think it's good enough. I think it might get there someday. Is like, it, but it has to be a spell, right? Because if it's a creature, you can play Cavern of Souls and call it a day. So you're really right. trying to get a legendary spell, which you can. We don't have many. Planeswalkers would be the most common <laughs> one, right? But yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want a mana dork in a super friends deck, though. Maybe. Although, well, but you could, like, that actually isn't the worst, right? You play this into three fairy, and then you shut down. <laughs> then, yeah, no one's like countering it, anything. No one's countering your yeah. stuff that game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Samwise Ganji. Selesnya 2-drop. Green-white. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, halfling peasant. Whenever another non-token creature enters a battlefield under your control, create a food token. Sacrifice three foods. Return target historic card from your graveyard to your hand. So this is like pure. There's exactly one deck. There's a, there's this Lannis deck that I don't know if you, have you ever seen like the Lannis Academy Manufacturer deck in modern. Like you Coco into Lannis and Academy Manufacturer and then like every token you make is making three tokens. So you get treasures and you just like combo off and play through your deck. I think this is like easy staple in that deck. That deck's like definitely tier four or tier three. Like, I've seen Bill do this on Commander Clash, but is this a modern deck? <laughs> it's it's 5-0'd at various times. Like people have had like fringe success with it. So I think it's like really good in that deck. But again, that's like definitely a tier three deck. So, but I do think that deck improves. Does it improve enough to be like tier one? I would doubt uh, it. <laughs> no. But I do think it gets better as a result of Samwise joining the mix. And also, like, what's the other one? Peregrine took her something. Does uh, also kind of like fits with that combo by making an extra token. So, and then they're cheap enough to Coco into. So I think they show up in that deck, but 
Yeah, I don't know how many people care about that deck. It is fun though. I mean, All right. I lastly, I don't think it's played in that. <laughs> another, another hobbit. Actually, I just realized that they're all called halflings and not hobbits. Yeah, no hobbits in the set. Why? <laughs> Why? Probably because uh, I imagine that halflings will appear more more later, right? Yeah, Down but I, I isn't that like did didn't wizards make halflings to not infringe on like hobbit IP, and then now they're just naming all the <laughs> hobbits halflings, thus shattering that argument? <laughs> I'm confused. It is kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> but okay, uh, Rosie Cotton of South Lane, two and a white, so three mana, one one. It's an uncommon, spicy, uh, legendary creature, halfling peasant. When Rosie Cotton of South Lane enters the battlefield, create a food token. Whenever you create a token, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control, other than Rosie. Okay, so this is this is a two card infinite creature combo. Rosie Cotton, Scurry Oak. Scurry Oak is a three drop that when you put a counter on it, you make a one one squirrel. So you get yep. both of them. Here Rosie counter on Scurry Oak, back and forth, back and forth, infinite squirrels. Is that good enough to see playing modern? Like, is that even exciting? They're both three drops. So you can Coco into the whole combo. But it is infinite I mean, creatures. So you got to attack with them theoretically to win the game, most likely. So you don't just immediately right. win the game. Is it's, that well, good enough? It, is that better than, like, actually, that infinite creatures equates to the same as, like, pretty much infinite life? Yeah, because you already have, have several that. Celesnia. Yeah, you have. Yeah, this combo combos <laughs> that yeah, can be cocoed into already. <laughs> it's already existed, right? Like for the longest time, and so, the difference is like I guess it went from three cards to now two cards. Yeah, and also like there was like Ivy Lane Denizen Wait, so, could replace Rosie, but it was four mana, so you couldn't cocoa into it. So I think it like it's straight up two cards now, rather than like two and a half or three, and everything is cocoable. So it's better. Well, it, right? if it's two cards, it's it is better. But does that mean it's a good combo? That's that's and the question. It's the best version of the combo we've seen, but is that enough to make it like a real deck in modern? Is it? Is, well, this has the most of potential that. then, no? It's it's actually a real win con. You play your Selesnya shell, which has existed. Is but it, if you're relying... the most likely to be played in modern then? <laughs> if you if you I... took your three card combo that couldn't be cocoed into and made it a two card cocoable combo. Yeah, the, the problem is you, you end of turn it. You can end of turn it, then untap attack, right? It is. You're trying to go to Coco right? by yeah, Coco. It is disruptible by removal, like any removal spell. Yeah, fizzles yeah I mean, combo. That, isn't that the that's always the case? But if you have sure, ooh, that two drop Pippin. You got Pippin to protect the combo. <laughs> we can go with just full on Lord of the Rings combo. <laughs> oh my it's, god, it's, I think it's I, the most playable. No, I think of, I saw half a cards. movie about that once. Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know if it, yeah. It probably is. It, 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 yeah, it's playable. It's, like, better than what we had before. But, like, do you think it actually changes the landscape in modern? I don't think so. <sighs> okay, what's more likely to see play? Forge Anew or Rosie Cotton of South Lane? Mm. Rosie Cotton of South I feel South Rosie, right? Lane. Maybe yeah. Maybe Rosie is number Rosie one Rosie or Stern Scolding. It's it's Rosie, right? Like, yeah. Well, it I, makes Celestia a tier... Three deck instead of tier four, maybe tier <laughs> yeah. two instead of tier three, where Sturt's Golding and Forge do kind of do nothing. I think Orcish Bowmasters and the Moria Marauder are higher up 
interesting. I'm, I think the question is like, so for Janu, there's an obvious home for the deck, a top tier home. But the question is, is it good enough for the home? Rosie Cotton, there's no top tier home. The question is, is the combo good enough to be competitive in modern? I, it's hard to weigh those two things against each other. You just play some hate bears stuff and then you cook over to your victory. <laughs> uh, but like uh if devoted druid vizier remedies like two two drops go infinite mana combo like if that's not breaking modern is like infinite squirrels yeah. really the thing that's gonna like <laughs> is that's that... a three card combo yeah i guess you need cards. a finisher yeah i mean i could whole card difference i could buy the argument that rosie cotton is the the most impactful modern card we've seen so far or most likely okay. to create an archetype at least Wait, oh, we, we, wait, we forgot some really playable cards. So I'm gonna, <laughs> we gotta ninja them in, which is the land cycle. Uh, yeah. Minas Tirith. Oh, I don't know how that's pronounced. People are gonna yell at me for that. Legendary land. When it ETBs tapped, unless you control a legendary creature, tap to add a white, pay two mana, tap, draw a card, activate only if you attacked with two or more creatures. That's the white one. Uh, Mines of Moria. So they all ETB tap unless you control a legendary. It's the red one. Pay four mana tap. XL three cards from your graveyard. Create two treasure tokens. Uh, Barader. XX black tap. Amass orcs X. Activate only if a creature died this turn. I like and these. Riverdale. You have Riverdale. You yeah. left off. Of Riverdale. 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 Rivendell. I call it Riverdale. All the Lord of the Rivendell, where Elrond it's, lives, okay? It's blue. I, but, but if you call it Riverdale, everyone gets upset he's spaghetti, and it's funny. One of the blue taps, scry to activate only if you control a legendary creature. And then the Shire is the green one. Uh, two and tap, tap an untapped creature you control, create a food token. I think the These blue one's bad. the worst These are by bad. far. Oh, they're bad. Oh. No. White, I think white white is kind of decent, I think white's though. good. And no, 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 no. The ability is good, right? The ability's fine. Maybe not Riverdale, but like like <laughs> and and but like the the problem I have with these is that when was the last time I could play a tapped land? Because I need a legendary creature, right? For these to come into play untapped. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's oh, okay. Then, 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 you, then, okay, sure. But what about if you have Ragavan plus this, and and you, it totally dunks your turn one play? Why, why do that to yourself? Or I mean, like the white the, one. Look at like mono white, mono white humans. You're already playing Thalia. You're already playing Adeline. At two, you're already playing at three. Kytheon. Well, you don't have to play this on turn one. Like you can play it. No. You can play it like on turn two or turn three. But like so, my my uh, like yeah, that's true. But like the abilities and the activations, right? Like are 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 fine. But like the like in commander, great. Love these cards. These are great. There in in modern, I think that the times that you will dunk yourself because you have these, in as you and when you need it for as your second land drop to play Thalia or your third land drop, right to play like whatever something Adeline, it's gonna bite you in the butt. Because it's going to come into play tapped. I, you cannot play a tapped land. Yo, look. It, it, if you, it reminds if, me of if, the fast lands. And, like, you, you always draw on, like, turn three or turn four. Yeah. Whatever. You, you can't play it anymore. You're like, no, my game is ruined because of this fast yeah. land. Right? Like, but it, white it, you, might you, actually... So the only ability that's strong enough to warrant that, I think, is white. Right? To so that downside. And it has to be specifically that white deck that's playing Thalia. 
Alley. So, so you would you would spend three mana essentially to draw a card, right? Well, you're an aggro deck, so you play curve, you curve out essentially, and then when you're out of gas, you use this thing to try to keep going. But you, you know, you're not going to take turn three off and like hit with two creatures and draw a card. No, you're going to keep deploying your threats, right? Or maybe it, you think a wrath is coming. Maybe you do do that, right? But in general, it, you're just going to go all aggro and then use this to kind of refill your hand later, right? I mean, I love Castle Lockwane. I play that in a lot of any sort of like aggro deck. That's going to come into play ta- untapped more often. But I think like the card draw mode on the on the white one's really good. The red one's like I, slightly intriguing just for indomitable creativity, like two treasures, sack him to creativity. But I don't know how you ever make it come into play untapped in that deck, which is is the problem because <laughs> you don't have any creatures. The only deck that could like like maybe take advantage of this is like. I guess primeval titan decks, but like, does amulet titan need more cards to make it good? No, like it's fine. So like these could go in there because you know they have amulet. I think the white one sees play. I I think that that boros deck. I'm telling you, boros legends. Come on, guys. <laughs> Nothing is castable. You're gonna have like this land, the red land, the box amber. Three box ambers, probably. Uh, Everything's like, everything has Thalia. Tap, your head. De- yeah, you have Thalia that attacks your own, like, like spells. You're just, like, dead. You're cooking yourself. Four it, it's the perfect YouTube video. You just cut all the games where nothing happens. And that one game where you mm, yeah, actually the- draw the right sequence. You're like, this deck is busted. Busted, yeah. 100% win rate. 100% win rate. Did we break it? <laughs> Uh, all right uh no time for fish mail this week if you have questions next week send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail we'll get to your questions on air and i believe that brings us to the end of episode 436 the mtg goldfish podcast so richard krim thanks for hanging out thanks everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we'll be back next week to talk about the rest of lord of the rings and whatever else goes on in the world of magic so until then have a spectacular week everyone and this is the crew signing out (laughs) 